Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. It's time to take a look around the NFL with John McClain from gallerysports.com and Sports Radio 610. Here's your boy Q. And John McClain joins us now on the phone lines. And John is here in Indy as we are as well. We're in the media room, the media uh, radio row type hangout. And uh, John is in his uh, hotel room right now. And John, we do appreciate your time this afternoon. Uh, what was your biggest takeaway so far from uh, this week at the Scouting Combine, today being the first day of real activities. Uh, what's kind of been the, uh, the what you've you know, been focused in on today? Well, the biggest news of the Combine will be Bryce Young's size. And uh, yep. is, Can he hit 5'11"? Has he reached 200? Could he possibly be up to 210 working with a nutritionist? I would love to have his problem to get up every day and eat anything you want and as much as you want. And today, we had coaches and general managers like Josh McDaniels and Texans GM Nick Casario. Uh, both need quarterbacks, are desperate for quarterbacks, and they both talked a lot and said absolutely nothing because they mastered that art form with the greatest of all time. That would be Bill Belichick. And, uh, of course, they're not going to tell anything. Texans are in a great situation, but still may not get the quarterback they want, or they may end up getting somebody. So today it was a lot about new coaches, new GMs, new players. Free agency always comes up. But I didn't see anything that I think was a nugget where you go, wow, boy, that was a good piece of information. <laughs> John, uh, you mentioned Bryce Young, and you mentioned you know uh, what he's going to look like uh, when they put him under the microscope physically. And it's interesting you should bring that up because I, I had a conversation about this with Josh McDaniels uh, not long ago. Um, where would I, I want to take you back here for a second and to just to kind of you know uh, put some perspective on how things have changed? Where do you think jo- uh, Doug Flutie would be drafted if he was coming out today and coming off? the kind of career that he had at Boston College then? I think if he came to the Combine and he was five, I can't remember. Was Doug 5'10"? Did he hit 5'10"? I don't know if he did. (laughs) I see him on those new Genix commercials with Frank Thomas. (laughs) He looks like he's gotten a lot bigger. But I think there wouldn't be an issue about his size. You know, you don't want – Tyler Murray was just short of 5'10". Mm-hmm. He went on a serious diet to gain weight, weight 207. But he had a big butt, and he had muscles. And people knew about his incredible quickness and speed. Well, Bryce Young has good mobility, but he's frail-looking. And we saw him listed at 6'194". We know that 6'1", wasn't accurate, mm-hmm. but was a 194". I feel bad for Bryce Young because when he goes in public, people take pictures of him and then put it online. I saw one last week where he was standing between two women, and I'm guessing they were wearing heels because he looked like one of them's child. He's just so thin. (laughs) And I think when he takes his shirt off and he gets pictured, hopefully he'll he'll have some muscle definition and he'll weigh at least 200. He's never been a first-round pick at quarterback drafted under 200, and I remember in 01 when Breeze and Vic came out, and everybody said they're too short. Well, Breeze was six foot, and Vic was Vic was six foot and a quarter. And today, if Bryce Young was six foot, there'd be no question 
mm-hmm. he would be the first overall pick. And if he were six three, we'd be talking about him like Trevor Lawrence and Andrew Luck, generational talents. John McClain is our guest from GalleriesSports.com and Sports Radio 610. Vinny Bonson, you are myself. We're here in Indianapolis, but my man DeMond Cotton's back in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Go ahead, DeMond. John, how likely do you think it is that we're going to see someone trade up for that first pick? What the Bears are trying to do, DeMond, is to get the Colts at number four and the Texans at number two in a bidding war. And if the Bears went to number two, they could trade down again. What if the Texans went up and took C.J. Stroud, because they liked him better, and say that the uh, Colts like Bryce Young, then the Bears could trade down to four and still get Will Anderson Jr. or Jalen Carter, the two best prospects in this draft, two linemen. And the Bears, we talk about this a lot in Houston, and people ask me, what are the worst losses in Oilers and Texans history? I can tell them. We have a new phrase. What was the worst victory in Texans history? It was beating the Colts here in the last game of the season and costing them the first overall pick. And now they run the risk of having to give up a couple of picks to move up one spot. In a perfect world, they either won't like any of the quarterbacks and will take one of the linemen, or they'll have two quarterbacks they like, which is going to be hard to do considering Bryce Young is different than the others. And everybody in Houston, the hiring of D'Amico Ryans was really, really popular with the fans and the media, and that fire burns bright. But if you wanted to douse it like pouring water on it, the worst thing would be right now, the Houston Texans with the second overall pick drive quarterback Will Levis from the University of Kentucky, or the Texans say, you know what? We're going to go with Davis Mills and get another quarterback in another round. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't uh, uh, rule out them potentially trading down. But let's go back to the Bears, John. Do you think there's any possibility, and I've been thinking a lot about this, that they're going to look back with a little bit of regret that they didn't take Bryce Young? Uh, I'm not taking anything away from Justin Fields. I'm still a little on the fence with him. But is there any possibility that five years down the line, the, the, the Bears look back and say, man, we could have had the best player in this draft in Bryce Young uh, and, 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 and a game changer. Yeah, like they did with uh, five years after they moved up to take Trubisky second overall. <laughs> right. Sure, that could be. It could be who takes Bryce Young. He gets hurt every year like Tua Tagovailoa right, gets yeah. hurt every year. You know, you always run that risk, and something the Bears have to consider. Say they trade down to four with the Colts, and they say, well, we're going to get Jalen Carter or Will Anderson Jr., whichever one Arizona doesn't take. What if the Texans at two say, you know what, we're going to trade down to seven, and somebody trades up to two and takes Jalen Carter. And uh, then the Bears are, the Cardinals take Will Anderson Jr., and the Bears are sitting there at four. Uh, There's nobody equals those two, and they're stuck. And they outsmarted themselves because the Texans could trade that pick, too. And so that's something. To me, if you're the Bears and you trade with the Texans and nobody else, because then you're guaranteed of getting one of those linemen. You're not guaranteed if you go to four. Probably you will, but it's not guaranteed. John McClain is our guest here from GalleriesSports.com or Raider Nation Radio 920. Go ahead, DeMond. 
Yeah, John, something that else that I wanted to ask you about, because the festivities officially haven't happened on the field, but what's your favorite thing to watch when it comes to the actual combine athletics where it's just a T-shirt and the shorts? <laughs> well, i tell you what, DeMond, in the past, I wouldn't let the media come into the stadium. I think they thought we would stink it up or something. And then they said, well, we'll let you bring 10, and they put us so far away you couldn't see squat. And now, all of a sudden, I look, and they're letting the media come in anytime we want. I can't wait to see where they put us. And I'm thinking, why do that when you can see it all on the NFL Network? The NFL Network took the combine to a different level. Mm -hmm. I started coming here in 87. There were five people standing in the lobby of the Crown Plaza trying to grab players. And and, and the thing that, you know, you, you, it's just like with Q. You know, he was born with all that speed. He's always, you know, the power. He had to do drugs to get the power to hit home runs, but not the speed. So the 40-yard dash, you can't beat it. That's what everybody loves. And I watch the combine when I get home over and over. Uh, I don't really know why. Usually late at night. But I love to watch the 40-yard dash. And people always tweet immediately. That handheld timer that's never right instead of waiting for it to be official. Absolutely. And and that's always something that I look forward to as well, watching the guys run. Uh, not only just the speedsters, but even like the offensive linemen, defensive linemen, just to see how fast. Because they're just getting bigger, faster, and stronger each and every year. How about this, John? Uh, Nick Casario, obviously he comes from the Patriot tree. Uh, Dave Ziegler, Josh McDaniels, they all come from the Patriot tree. How much patience has the Texans fan base had to learn as Nick Casario tries to put this thing together? When he was hired um, in January of 21, Sean Watson's agent had just said he wants to be traded. So obviously Casario goes, yeah, it's a player who's just unhappy about having a bad season because they lost. He'll be here. And he inherited a terrible situation. The Watson problem. He and they told him to rebuild, a massive rebuild. He started getting rid of people and compiling draft picks. So people have been very understanding. There were some nincompoops in the media and fans who thought he should be fired with Lovey Smith. And I wrote a column. That'd be one of the dumbest things I've ever seen, considering what he was handed. He did a great job, ultimately, on the Watson trade to get three number ones. And... I think under the circumstances, he's done a terrific job. Then people go, well, they, they fired Lovey Smith and David Culley back-to-back, and those people pounding them nationally, I want to say, how many Texans games did you watch? Of course they didn't watch one. There was no reason to watch a Texans game. I watched them all. Anybody that watched that team knew why those coaches got fired. And now they're open. They finally made the right move with D'Amico Ryans. And I would say Casario gets one more season to show some progress. They've won 4-4 in three games the last three years. And if they don't get, you know, double it, then people are going to say next year he's got to go. He signed a six-year contract for $30 million. And uh, so the McNairs are paying, let's see, Cully, $14 million. Mm. Smith, $15 million. They had to pay off Bill O'Brien, Brian Kane. They don't mind paying people off. I wish they'd slip me a couple of those <laughs> while they're doing it. And so I would think Nick is one one more year to show substantial improvement. 
Deshaun Watson, there's already been some reports that Cleveland may have to restructure his contract to get under the cap for this coming season. Is that already officially the worst contract in the league? He's going to, I think his cap hit is $56 million, the most in history, and it's the next three years. So, yes, they're going to, I bet you they're going to redo it. He made a lot of money from the Texans when he signed his extension. He got $27 million up front, and uh, they kept his base low. And uh, that way, when he got suspended, it didn't, it, uh, it, if he got suspended in Houston, it wouldn't have cost him much. And then the Browns did the same thing. But it's biting them in the butt because of that cap figure. So I fully expect him to redo it, lower the cap figure, help them out, and finally do something positive. John, uh, reports today that uh, Derek Carr is in Indianapolis uh, trying to drum up uh, some support for his next team. Uh, what do you think the future holds uh, for Derek Carr? And do you think something gets wrapped up here at the Combine? I don't like that. I, I just... They got all that tape to watch. You know, why does he need to come here? Why can't he do it on a Zoom or a telephone call? It, it, to me, it kind of reeks of desperation. I realize he has a bunch head start on the others. And if I were the Jets or the Titans or any of those NFC South teams, I'd try to get Carr because any of those NFC South teams that get Derek Carr are going to be favored to win that division. So they ought to be all over him. But, Having him come around, kind of showcasing not his ability, of course, but his personality. But, hell, if you watched Hard Knocks, you saw his personality. I hope he lands with a spot where he wants to go to because I didn't cover him. I remember seeing him on the sideline when he was a little kid running around being annoying. And then he went to high school in Houston, and he was a very highly regarded sophomore, and then boom, the car family's gone. So I, I hope good things happen for him. And I hope the Raiders get a legitimate uh, quarterback to take his place. You know, you just mentioned uh, the teams that should be in on him. Um, why hasn't it happened? Why do you think it hasn't happened yet? Maybe they told him, we'll come to the combine and we'll talk to you. But teams are, <laughs> talk, teams are talking to prospects. Yeah. I just found out today, instead of talking to 60, now they talk to 45. And you talk to 45 guys 15 minutes, you don't have time. Maybe he goes to dinner late. Maybe I'd see him over Steak Shack meeting with NFC South coaches all at different tables and the GMs. But it, to me, it's not a good time. I'd be more likely to come to the NFL meetings, but that's too late. Uh, it just seems like if, you, if you've if you watched Derek Carr, say, what was he, a rookie in 14? He's played enough football where you ought to be able to to have an accurate barometer about where he is as a quarterback if you use him the right way. And uh, I just don't think it needs to be out here auditioning. He's out here speed dating. Speed dating's going on right now with Derek Carr. Well, John, great stuff. What do you got coming out? Gallerysports.com. We should be on the lookout for. I wrote a call today with Nick Casario saying a lot, disclosing nothing about the quarterback picture, of which is to be expected. Miko Ryan's comes tomorrow. We're all really interested in what he has to say because we haven't heard from him since his introductory news conference. And uh, uh, Q and Benny, thank you very much for having me on. As always, Damon, thank you very much. I look forward to it. Uh, Q, did you tell Benny that you're going to be picking up all my tabs when I'm there for five <laughs> oh, days? Oh, oh, oh. No. Of course, you... 
you Thank weren't you supposed to tell him that. Now he's going to want in on it too. I see how it, I see how it works. <laughs> and he's lucky if I don't stick him with some tabs. <laughs> yeah, John, you got to move on from Shake Shack and have Q take you out to the steakhouse. <laughs> Unbelievable! Uh, doesn't the rookie pick up the tab? Because this is this is his rookie rookie season at the uh, combine. Unbelievable! Unbelievable! You guys make the big money, John. Thanks so much. I appreciate you. It cost me more thank money. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right, there he goes, John McClain, the great John McClain, the general. For GalleriesSports.com, Sports Radio 610. We saw John early this morning getting our credentials. And, again, this is the easy time of the day now doing the show. Right. right? It's been the grind time. as early this morning. We were all standing in line trying to get our credentials. And as soon as they said, all right, uh, we'll take who's next or whoever's Everyone just swarmed the table like shrimp. Right. There was no line, no anything. It was just everyone. It was like a free-for-all. Go. Everyone go. And it's been go time ever since then. Great stuff right there from John McClain. 319 is the time when we come back. We'll hear from you. 702-365-9200. Don't be broke.com. Text line 69187. Keyword R&R. Excited about the opportunity to be here at the Scouting Combine here in Indianapolis. Of course, brought to you by Boyd Gaming, the official locals casino of the Las Vegas Raiders. And this is Raider Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Here on Radio Row, Indianapolis, the Scouting Combine. This is really the first day that activity got ramped up, and that's really GMs and coaches speaking to the media, and all the football activities will continue throughout the week. We're excited about that opportunity to see some of these prospects, talk to some of these prospects, was there any defensive linemen are going to be on tomorrow? Tomorrow, uh, a full slate of defensive linemen. We were was Will Anderson yeah. starts it off at nine a.m. Jalen yep. Carter finishes it up at ten thirty. So, uh, really looking for that's obviously a need for the Raiders. Yeah, right there. absolutely. Um, defense, defense, defense. Exactly. <laughs> it was it was interesting talking to to you know Dave and and Josh about the defense. Yeah. And about what's needed: explosiveness, playmaking, getting your hands on the ball or the quarterback. Right. Uh, all things that just haven't been happening uh, for the Raiders for for years now. Think about how many times missed turnovers uh, or or you know third and longs that were that mm-hmm. were executed by the opposing offense. If they could just get a little bit better defensively and just start on that path uh, to, uh, to to rebuilding a defense, because. I mean, I've been covering the team now since 2019. Right. I'm sorry, but there's just not been any credible defense uh, in the time that I've been covering this team. No, no, not at all. Mike hit us up on Twitter. Uh, Mike's a frequent tweeter of the show. Definitely appreciate him. He said, Q, you can't compare Casario and Ziegler. Casario took over a terrible team while Ziegler inherited a playoff team. Casario got three number ones for a quarterback he didn't want. Ziegler got zilch. And what Mike is talking about is I asked John McClain, who we had on in the last segment, about the fan base and how patient they need to be in Houston. And the only reason I asked him that is because they're cut from the same cloth. Mm-hmm. And they're going to they're gonna have the same tendencies as far as how they want to get things done. Right. right. And so that's really all I was asking. I, I know the, the situation are totally different. Uh, the Texans haven't been good in a very long time, including when they had Bill O'Brien as their head coach. That's the reason why he got fired, right? right. I mean, so he was uh, he was not the guy. But they they're building something, and they're still they're they're trying to build it in the in the mold of what they know. And yeah. that's, I think that's really the point of me asking that question. It wasn't really trying to compare and contrast the two guys. No, no. It was just that they come from the same building. I and 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 I agree. And and I'm I'm, I'm sorry, but uh, short of a four game winning streak right. at the end of 2021, right. it hasn't been working here either. Right. Let's wake up and understand that it wasn't true. I know he inherited a playoff team, but we just talked about it was a little bit of fool's gold mm-hmm. that won a lot. And even if, you know, uh, making the playoffs, not making the playoffs, it didn't change right. that that defense stunk right. in 2021. They gave up less points this year 
than they did That's last wild. year. A lot of people don't realize that. Right. They actually scored more points this year than they did in 2021 as well. So, uh, Look, it just wasn't working. It wasn't a sustainable right. type of a deal. And I think that's the key to this whole thing is what the Raiders want to get to is building a sustainable winner. And you don't start that process. You start getting better players in here, especially defensively. Absolutely. You got a text for the 209 or don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword r What up, Q? I'm willing to give them another season to truly see in what direction this team is moving. I believe they have a playoff team and are a few key players away from being a Super Bowl contender, but if next season is anything like last season, then I'm out and believe in McDaniels as a leader of this team. Super Bowl, man, i got to see more from that defense before I'm talking about the Super Bowl. Right. Yeah, I mean, the defense has got to be built. I mean, there's no doubt. The defense has got to be a major factor. in the. They, have to be, they don't have to be lights out. They, but they have to be complimentary. Yeah. They have to be. When you know that a team needs to go 98 yards with no timeouts, you have to be able to stop them. Right. And I still think, man, to win a Super Bowl, you have to be dominant, though. And you have to be, and, and you know, uh, Dave Ziegler's brought this up before, too, um, in terms of the intelligence of a defense. You look at the defenses that they had in New England that could reinvent themselves mm-hmm. almost on a weekly basis. And, you know, uh, how many times have we talked about, oh, the, the, the defense is too complicated. Dummy it down. Well, you can only do that so right. many times before you're also – Offenses are good. Yeah. They're <laughs> gonna, Offenses are good. You're making it easy for yourself. You're also making it easier for them. Right. You have to get away from that and start getting to a point where – Oh, we got to do this this week? Yeah, we have the intelligence and the players, the personnel, to be able to pull off that change. You want to go deep in the playoffs when teams have 19 games to scout you on and know exactly what you're doing and to be able to pull a surprise on that opponent by doing something completely different and having the players that can pick that system, that new thing up in, in the course of a week. You got to have better players, smarter players, and they just don't have that right now. Absolutely, uh, we got Nick Shook from NFL Network coming up in just a few minutes. But before we get to him, let's go out to the phone lines at seven zero two three six five nine two hundred. Let's talk to our guy Snake Man. Welcome to the show, my man. Hey guys, thanks for taking my call. I usually don't get a chance to call this late, but I got a couple things you let me. I'm usually pretty quick, Vin. You know me. Yes. Uh, a couple of things. I'll know right away um, if these guys know how to draft. If we get through the first two rounds and I don't throw my hands up in the air and say, what the <laughs> F? So I'll know right then there if they're doing a better job right there. Right. Uh, one couple things on Stidham. Uh, I was really impressed, though, the last two games of the year uh, with his poise, his mobility, and the most important factor, his willing to take a shot in the pocket and, and, and actually extend the play and take a hit. And that's important to me because never in the least history has the quarterback been more protected than now. So when someone says, oh, this guy's afraid to take a shot, a la the ex guy who used to be there, that drives me crazy because these quarterbacks are protected like they never were before. Uh, real quick, Jacobs, uh, Vinny, Q, uh, if I'm a GM and I'm trying to acquire more draft capital, uh, you think signing and then trading – Josh Jacobs is a viable possibility because he's never going to be worth more than he is right now. I know, I know the draft is stacked with really good running backs, which is why I say that, because you could probably get one in the second and third round. Uh, you know, what do you think about that? And I got one more thing after you answer that question. Is trading Jacobs a possibility, a viable? Well, you, uh, for the same reasons that you just said, there's, hey, there's some good running backs in this draft. Everyone else understands that there's some good running backs in this draft as well. So if you're w- – ask yourself this. Why would another team 
I'm not saying that it wouldn't happen, but what are the chances another team say, yeah, we'll give you something of value and then take on the new contract as well when they could just go to the draft, like you said, and maybe maybe pull out the running back that they need? Did we lose him? All right. Well, there you go. Good stuff. Yeah, and, and on top of that, I kind of feel like, you know, that Jacobs is more valuable to the Raiders than he is another team. Yeah. Now, if there's a team that feels like they're one running back away, one mm-hmm. dominant running back away from being that Super Bowl contender, then maybe they make a move. But I just I, I kind of feel like, you know, and it's no fault of Josh Jacobs or any other running back, the running back position is just not valued high enough to see somebody get franchise tagged, and then all of a sudden they're like, oh, yeah, here, we'll trade for him, and then get, like, two first-round picks. I just don't see that. I, I, I don't either. Um, not to say that he wouldn't have a lot of suitors in free agency. Right. I think he would. But right. the contract plus giving up draft picks. Um, and, and, look, the Raiders have 11 draft picks uh, this year. They've got a lot of draft yeah. arsenal that they're going to be able to use to move up, move down, all that kind of stuff. Um, I think what you said was, was perfect. He means so much to the Raiders for a lot of different reasons, a yep. homegrown talent, somebody that embodies everything that they're preaching uh, about. I think that he needs to be here in Las Vegas. I say here, we're in Indianapolis, right. but you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. With the Raiders, that's where he does the most good. No doubt, no doubt. One quick text from the 707, then we'll take a break. The sooner the Raider Nation comes to terms with 2016 and 2021 being a mirage, the sooner we can get real about where this team is at. There's a lot of work to be done. With that said, I think that we need to continue to be patient in getting back to prominence. There are solid pieces in place. Top three wide receiver, top five defensive end, top two running back, hopefully above average offensive line and bright spots in the DBs. With actual draft picks to work with, a front office that didn't come to prominence as analysts, I'm hopeful we can pick up some rookies that can make a difference off the bat and turn some heads. Playoffs next year is in the cards, but chances are low. My thought is that the pieces come together in 2024. Be patient, Raider Nation. That's from the 707. Yeah, makes a lot of good points. Um, and really Very detailed, but makes a lot of good points. Totally. And look, whether you like it or not, and I'm not saying that frivolously whatsoever uh, or disrespectfully, you, you have to have patience. That's it. That's because there's no – even if you make a change, you bring in a new coach, he's not changing the fact that there's no playmakers on defense. Mm-hmm. That coach – a coaching change isn't going to fix that. What's going to fix that is by being diligent in the draft, making right decisions in free agency uh, and, and trades and, and in the draft. That's the only way that's going to happen. And I don't think that Mark Davis hired these guys just to fire them. I think he believes in the vision, and now he's going to let them execute that vision. It doesn't guarantee anything. Q. Right. No, not at all. But, um, you know, firing them doesn't guarantee anything either. No, not at all. Coming up at 4 o'clock, Dave Ziegler, Raiders GM. He's going to join the show. But coming up next, Nick Shook from the NFL Network. He's running around here on Radio Row. We'll catch up with him next here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Q. We are live here at the Indiana, Indiana Convention Center, row, home of uh, Radio Row. <laughs> this is Radio Row for the, the Scouting Combine. We're excited by it. We're going to be here all week long, thanks to Boyd Gaming, the official locals casino of the Las Vegas Raiders. Already had a conversation with John McClain. You heard from head coach Josh McDaniels. Uh, you're going to hear from Dave Ziegler, the GM of the Silver and Black, coming up at 4 o'clock. We had a nice little sit-down with them. It was a very intimate sit-down. Vinny, it was about, what, eight of us, maybe max? Yep. Yep, yep. About eight max, and and uh, had an opportunity to to talk with him and just kind of pick his brain all things free agency, all things draft, quarterbacks. I mean, you you could think of it defense, whatever you could think of. We pretty much threw at uh, Dave Ziegler's direction uh, in a little twenty five minute, thirty minute sit down that we had with him. So you hear that conversation beginning 
around 4 o'clock. And, uh, Vinny, we've been having a lot of texts uh, and, and uh, calls that we've been getting here on the subject of just being patient and how much patience that uh, these folks are willing to give, Raider Nation is willing to give to this front office. And uh, before we get to Nick Shook, and he should be stepping up to the table in just a second, uh, Gizmo said the last regime had a plan that showed signs of promise, except it was cut short by unfortunate tragedy. This front office doesn't have that type of circumstance surrounding them, so on that point, it's a major step in the right direction of changing the culture. Let's give these guys time to see the plan mm-hmm. plays out. Let's go, Raiders. That's from Gizmo. What do you think? Yeah, uh, I agree. And, um, you know, we talk about this all the time. Uh, do, do you know where the 2020 draft class is? <laughs> at home? Right. <laughs> Outside of, uh, what, a meek? Yeah. They're all at home. You know uh, what's coming up? There's a decision that's coming up uh, in May on picking up your fifth-year option for your 2020 draft class. They don't have that. They don't have it. It's a moot point for the Raiders. Yep. Guess what? Next May, it's going to be a moot point because the 2021 first-round pick, a guy by the name too. of Alex Leatherwood, is not here anymore either. Right. You go back to 2019, there's one guy uh, that, made a, that made a difference in that first round. That was Josh Jacobs. Yep. Um, out of three. Right. Out, out of three, three. Out of three cracks at it, they got one guy. So six Six, out of their last six first-round picks, one guy, one, yep. Josh Jacobs, is going to get a second contract. Right. We're assuming he's going to get a second right. contract with the silver and black. Uh, I, I do believe that's going to happen. But at the same time, like, I mean, that's the one guy that has proven his worth, right? John Abrams has been on multiple teams, and maybe Seattle's a good fit for him. But, I mean, he went from the Raiders to Green Bay to Seattle. Right. Alex Leatherwood went to Chicago and couldn't get off the bench. Right. You can't keep having Damon those kind Arnett's of drafts. in jail, or right. if he's not in jail, he's been in jail multiple times. <laughs> right. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, no joke. Like, not trying to make fun of him, but that he can't get out of his own way. Exactly. And, you know, um, you know when you start talking about why this – when you have – that 2020 draft class was six, seven players in the first 139. Seven in yep. 139. The only guy that's still left is the 139th pick, and that's Amik Robertson. You can't have entire draft classes vanish before your very eyes in two years. You right. just can't have it. No. No, you can't. You can't. Not at all. I uh, got another text from Talon from West Georgia. Jordan, Utah. I'm going to keep it short. You can't give up on a new regime after one year. We haven't seen uh, what they're fully capable of. It's right. just not a good, healthy uh, thing to just to keep re- recycling. Who's going to want to come here? <laughs> right, nobody. That, I don't remember who made that point. Oh, no, John McClain did. He made that point. He said you can't get rid of someone after one year because he was talking about what the Texans did right. with David Culley, and then they followed that up with yeah. what they did with um, – with, um, my man, I forget his name now. Jeez. Oh, the uh, – Lovey Smith. Uh, Love yeah, Lovey Smith. Thank you, DeMond. <laughs> yeah, Thanks, Lovey DeMond. Smith. Uh, two years in a row, you know, one and done. And, I mean, that just is not going to – nobody's going to want to go there. And they got lucky that they got a guy who used to be in their organization, exactly. D'Amico Ryan, because I think he's going to be a hell of a coach. Me too. But if he hadn't been part of the Texans organization, he probably would have thought multiple times before he took that job. Right, exactly. You, you just cannot keep doing that and expect – uh, reputable people, right. viable candidates to say, yeah, that's where I want to go. What happened to the last guy? We gave up on him after one year. Why? Right. Well, um, With you know, no roster. <laughs> right, exactly. With no roster, no we, quarterback, we just no explained. Right. We just explained with the Raiders uh, the, the draft failures that have left this roster extremely vulnerable. It's top-heavy, I'll give you that. Uh, but even Devontae was a trade. Right. Darren Waller was not drafted. No, I mean, I no. give them all the give credit, credit in the for world. Getting them, finding Absolutely, one thousand percent. Colt Miller was a draft pick. Uh, you know, uh, Hunter was a draft pick. But short of that, I'll, you know, Josh Jacobs was a draft pick. But you know, uh, it's it, it wasn't like they were hitting and hitting and right. hitting. And this was a perennially looking 
uh, championship contending team. Right. That wasn't the case. No. I just asked you when you thought the Raiders were a playoff team. You know when I thought of them as a legitimate playoff team? Mm-hmm. When we were writing our stories after they beat the Chargers. That was oh, the yeah, first yeah, time yeah, that yeah. I really thought, right. yeah, this is a playoff team right. in 2021. Yeah, no, in that game, it was it felt like a playoff atmosphere. It was. They had to, they had, it was. They had to win it. If they right. didn't you know, win it or tie, which I never thought tie was a real option, <laughs> but we see that it almost was an option. But, yeah, I felt like that they had to that, – that was a playoff. Really, the last that, – that stretch, that four games that they won to end the season was their playoff run. It because was. they had to win every single game. To get there. So, uh, yeah, we'll get back to your calls and texts. My man finally is rolling up here. My man Nick Shook from NFL Network. Uh, Nick, definitely appreciate you as always. It's always great to catch up with you, especially seeing you here in person, man. I mean, how you doing, brother? I'm fantastic. You know, I ran into you on radio. You did run into me. (laughs) But I was a little late to the party. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, you did. But, uh, man, the scouting combine is, this is my first experience here. So what is, for you, what is the most, I don't want to say exciting, but what is is it you're looking for here at the scouting combine the most? I think that you, what you get is a master class from GMs and head coaches and not giving away too much. That's the first thing. Right, right. You can ask a specific question and they're going to say, well, you know, it's early, it's TBD, (laughs) you know, we're seeing, that's all part of the plan. How are you going to proceed if you're the Cardinals with Kyler Murray? can't practice. Ah, well, we got plans for this. We got plans right, for that. So that's right. the first thing you have to fight through. But every once in a while, you get a good nugget. Mm-hmm. You get a little bit of information. Sometimes it's topical. You know, it's timely. It's something, a story that came out a week ago, and we get somebody's comments on it. Or it's what's going to be the future of this player. Right. And it can actually be more direct. So it's kind of mining for that and finding some answers early on. You know, you had McDaniel State, which, by the way, I was all fired up for him to look at you. Hey, Keith, you ready? You ready? You're like, <laughs> you yeah, let's go. Me. You recognize me. <laughs> you got that that face value, that there, recognition. There you now. go. There um, you go. But you know, he was able to talk about the quarterbacks situation right and he also was very bland generic in that yeah. regard but on purpose because right. i think there's some truth to it where you know he's probably got his eyes on a couple of veterans he's mm-hmm. probably got a wish list he's not going to give that away of course no. you know you ever play monopoly you're not going to give away your next move right right, right same right. thing so but you can kind of get some leanings on that you can hear him say yeah we want to keep josh jacobs which i mean when you and i were sitting in canton right back in august josh <laughs> is getting extended reps we're thinking what is this an audition right you right. know so it's hall of fame game. yeah think about how much that has changed since right then. so you do get some information on that you're advancing the storyline a lot of times it's table setters it's Mm -hmm. we are this guy talked about it at this time sometimes they go completely against what they said you know last year pete carroll we're not trading russell wilson well then they traded russell wilson sometimes you get things where arthur smith i ask him hey well what's it gonna you know what would it take to trade matt ryan he goes well it just depends on what the offer is and sure enough they get the right offer and they trade him so you get the table setters you kind of prepare for what the next few months are and it's it's a time for everybody to come together you're trading some information in the background a little bit a lot of that reporting work is done but you get to prepare for what is coming in the months ahead. You know, speaking of little nuggets, McDaniels did say something about the quarterbacks that kind of caught my attention where he was kind of breaking down the different guys and I asked him about the traits of the quarterbacks and he said that it's not it's not just the same cookie cutter anymore, yeah. right? And he kind of alluded to like size doesn't really matter mm-hmm. as much. So to me, it kind of felt like he was giving Bryce Young a lot of love. Yeah, he was at least saying, hey, he's gonna he could have a good career. Now, right. I, and, and he actually pushed back against the idea of any fragility there because he's not a big guy. Right. You know, he's like, I think he's done pretty well so far. And he also has connections there with Bill O'Brien being an Alabama right. and can give him a, an upfront scouting report on things like that. So I think he's pretty confident in that guy. And, and obviously it's hard to not be confident in one of the star quarterbacks in, the, in, in college football. Right. But I also thought it was interesting that you know, he, he did cover the whole gamut where he was like, hey, you know, we don't need a 6'4 guy that you look for 15, mm-hmm. 20 years ago. What we need more than anything is leadership. And right. I wondered, was well, that a shot at Derek Carr? And then I thought, well, he was a pretty good leader, at least on the surface, right? right? right. So I don't think it was so much as that, but it, it, it's interesting that the traits that they look for now are more up here than in the, than in the physical skills. Right, exactly. So uh, Bryce Young's not throwing this week. I no. don't think it matters. Do you think it makes no. a big difference? <laughs> um... 
I mean, he, we saw what he did at Alabama. He won a yeah. national championship. Yeah, and the tape you should know? speak for itself. Right. I think that pro days can be set up to maximize a player's ability to throw. Right. Look at Zach Wilson and what they did mm-hmm. at BYU and, and where he ended up getting... That was like... That was the final check mark that pushed him to number two overall in that right. draft was that off-platform throw down the field to the opposite hash and everyone's just oh wait could they God. have that one back right yeah exactly <laughs> yeah it doesn't always work out but right. it's, it's orchestrated to show off their best traits so i think that it does matter a little because mm-hmm. they can't control this environment That's whereas true. their colleges can control it but i think the tape and the background matters more than anything at that position because all these guys are coming into a pretty similar situation unless it's a it's a rare you know exception you're going to come to a team that needs a quarterback yep. that may or may not be able to protect you that may or may not have the weapons around you that may or may not have a coach that can support you properly. So I think it matters. The player matters as much as the situation does. Do you come into a stable environment that's ready to find its successor to a a franchise quarterback? Or do you come to a team that's searching for their franchise player and has nowhere else to go? Because I think all the way back to Tim Couch in Cleveland. He's probably an awesome player in a lot of different teams, but because they couldn't protect him, right. they got the crap beat out of him, right. they didn't have the weapons around him, he was never able to thrive or stay healthy enough to really develop as a quarterback. So that matters more to me than anything. So yeah, throwing at the matters. combine, you know, unless it's, unless it's a guy where you're like accuracy concerns. Yeah. Like Josh Allen came here years ago and bombed one like 80 yards, and everyone's like, wow, look at that. Right. But his right. big issue coming out of college was accuracy concerns. And for the first couple of years as a professional, it was accuracy issues. Every yeah. once in a while, he'd just sail one down the field, but he was in a good situation. Right. That was allowed allowed him to develop, figure it out, work out the kinks, and become the superstar that he is now. So it's a number of things. Right, no doubt. Nick Shook is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920 and Necessary Roughness. We're at the Combine. How about Will Levis and Anthony Richardson? Because I feel like those are the big four, right? Bryce, CJ, Will, and then and then uh, Anthony Richardson. Where are you with those last two guys, Will and, and Anthony Richardson? I feel like they're the biggest question marks in this draft. I hate to dock guys because you know, of their last college football season. I think back to Sam Howe going into his last season. Everyone was really high on him. UNC struggled. Yeah. He didn't go high. You know, he Washington loves him, huh? Yeah. Well, for now. <laughs> right. For now. Right. 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 <laughs> Until they find a veteran who's going to start over. Right. Him, but he's going to go in and get the opportunity for now. Yeah. Um, so I think that Levis is kind of that guy where this season he took a step back in terms of just uh, the, the way people view him. Yeah. But I also think that he's a guy that might have a lower ceiling. You know, I hate the term pro ready. Yeah. Yeah. Because in the past that was like, all right, this guy can come in, but you know, you have the lower ceiling. What was the last pro ready quarterback we saw that really elevated their team? And there hasn't really been one in a right, while, right? right? right. Whereas Richardson, there's a lot of buzz. A lot, everybody's expecting him to come here and show out. Yeah. And maybe he does him, himself a whole lot of good throwing at the combine. That's where sometimes it can matter for other guys. You learn a lot, but I think that they can help themselves as they both come out there and perform well in the workout, you know, on the field. That's where I get most of my information mm-hmm. is on this class, and you fill in gaps, and you find guys that are yeah. flying under the radar. I think about um, Alex uh, Highsmith. Okay. He was at Charlotte, yeah. right? He ends up getting drafted by the Steelers. I'm watching his workout, and I'm like, who is that kid? That kid's <laughs> fluid. He's got bend. Put right. some weight on him. He's going to be good. What do you do? Double-digit sacks this year. Yeah. Sometimes these guys need to develop. You find you mine those guys out of there. But when it comes to quarterback, it comes to those two guys. They can do themselves a lot of good, but I'm probably, I probably would be higher on the guy with the potential mm-hmm. than the pro-ready guy, unless I'm a team that just, like Tampa Bay. You right. know, we need to go get a quarterback right now who can come in and play right. and not necessarily power us to a championship, but do well enough to get us in contention. So I think it depends on the situation again. It, it really is a, a tough one too, especially with uh, like the Raiders, for example, have one quarterback on, on roster right now, you know, and that's Chase Garbers. Yeah. You know, he's not going to be the starter. I'm assuming Jared Stidham's going to be back. Makes all the sense in the world, but where do you go after that? How about Hendon Hooker? You know, he, he I was high on him until he tore his ACL and still high on him, but you just realize 
He's coming back from a torn ACL. It's weird that people make a big deal out of his age. Like, I, what? That's what I keep saying. Still in I his twenties, right? I didn't think his age was a big no, deal. This isn't Brandon Whedon coming out where he's right. close to thirty. You right, know, he's right. still got some time there. Yeah. I think the biggest concern will be the knee. Mm-hmm. Um, he had Tennessee in a great spot yeah. before he went down. I mean, they were balling. They beat Alabama. Everything was going well for them. Yeah. And, I, and I like you know some of the things that he flashes on tape. Bit of an unknown, I mm-hmm. think, just because of that, and because you, you know you look at program uh, tradition and what they produced in the past, you can kind of get an archetype out of certain programs. Where's Tennessee football been? Right. You know, we, we really it's been don't a long know. Time. So I think because he's coming back from the ACL, you're not going to get a full picture of who he is. It's mm-hmm. going to be a risk, but it could be a value, a good value pick for a certain team. Well, does any concern for you come out of the Josh Heupel system because it's so set up for the quarterback to be successful? At least with the, what they say, and I do that in air quotes. <laughs> I would have that concern if it was ten years ago. Okay, not okay. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because because that used to be the that used to be a lot of the stigma, right? Yeah. I mean, when I was covering Baylor, it's like, oh, coming out of the Bryles system, everybody's yeah. open. You, you know, you the coming big out of the air raid, at right. Texas Tech, that right. type of thing. Yeah. Exactly. And then Mahomes killed it. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. so and, and we don't talk about that anymore, no, right? Yeah. No. So I think that um, because we're a pass first league now, mm-hmm. I don't think it matters nearly as much. Right. I wouldn't be nearly as concerned. The guy can sling it, and he's accurate, and he can deal with pressure and deliver the football and read defenses. That's really what I need. You add in the mobility. Adds right. another element to it, and if you're really that worried about it, then you surround him with a good runner. And if the Raiders can keep Josh Jacobs, you right. got a good runner. And then, uh, really, if you think about all that, what matters to me most, more than anything, is not the quarterback in his system that he played in college. I mean, can he play under center? You have to work on that. Right. Uh, it's not the running back; it's the offensive line. Can yeah. you protect him? Because if you can't protect him, it doesn't matter where he came from or what right. he does. None of that's going to matter. Right. And you know, the Raiders' offensive line actually did better than most people expected. Yeah. I didn't think it was going to be very good this past year, and they did really good. Helped turn out the number one rusher in the league, so they were. Okay Okay. Yeah. They need to be obviously solidified. Still some, you know, right tackle position I think needs to be a little bit more solid. But for the most part, they did a pretty good job. So let's flip over to the other side of the ball. Defense. I asked Coach McDaniels about playmakers, guys that create turnovers. They haven't had that in a very, very long time. And they can use defensive help on every single level. Are there some guys that you happen to see that may stand out that you're you're kind of intrigued by. Well, I think the biggest issue for them is depth. And, yeah. and I feel like we've been talking about this with their defense for the last few years, even when Mayock was the GM. Right, he, was, right. he stood up there and admitted. And before that. Yeah. <laughs> and before that. <laughs> exactly. Go down the list. Right. But he specifically admitted, he was like, we need to be better. We need to be deeper. Yeah. And that's a product really of swinging and missing on defensive draft picks in the past. A Damon right. Arnett type, for example. You do have Max Crosby. Right. But what else it's do you have? It's a good start. It's a good start. Like, but I know Chandler Jones gets that, you know, ill-fated backwards pass against the Patriots yeah. to walk it off. But like, I-, I was more of a fan of keeping Ngakwe than going and swinging for the fences mm-hmm. felt like a reactionary move you know right. with, with everything else that was going on in the division obviously you know he had an all right year but it wasn't it didn't pay off like you'd no, expect no no not like the, the the money that they gave him and to come out with four and a half sacks and the highlight was that play that yeah, you mentioned exactly. I mean, that was and that's it. not worth it so right. you need to stop swinging for the fences and find better guys that fit your system I think that's going to be the benefit of being a team that's now going into year two with this regime is last year they come in they're expected to contend the division's loading up they got to right. do something to respond so they go get a veteran who they think is going to make an impact doesn't make that big of an impact but you get your book and, you know, defensive ends, edge rushers, right. that type of thing. I think this time you go for what fits. And he talked about our scheme is going to fit our quarterback on the offensive side of the ball. I think you actually need to find guys that are going to fit your defensive scheme. Get those playmakers. You've had some playmakers in the back end, right. but it hasn't been consistent. And the biggest issue for me in the last few years, and I'm sure you'll agree with this, is their linebacking core. Mm-hmm. It's been kind of a revolving door. Right. It's been veterans who come in and make some plays. you got some young guys. You know, Diablo came in and made a couple some plays, plays here and there, yeah, right. exactly. But yeah. nothing consistent. No, Denzel Perryman is really the best one they've got, yeah. and that was just by way of trade on accident. Yeah, exactly. They needed a guy. They're like, oh, whoops! Well, so it turns out this guy's all right. Right. Yeah. So right. I think that there's going to be some players out there. I think about um, what the Browns did this year when they went and got Reggie Ragland late in the year. This yeah, is a yeah, guy yeah. who was a, a highly touted player coming out of I college, yeah. kind of disappeared into the mm-hmm. background, and they're like, hey, we need a player. He's on the wire. Let's go get him. The Browns got him, and he made a difference from the Raiders. 
off of the practice squad. Yeah. How wild is that? Exactly. And that guy made was a sitting on the practice squad. Right. Which shows you the difference in, in philosophy in front office and in team need. I yeah. think that's what matters. Again, situation matters so much in this league and giving guys opportunities to make a difference. It really does. Nick Shook is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. We'll close out with this. I've been in a firm belief that this staff needs to find a way to get nine, ten wins. It sounds like they're going to just be able to be patient and build this thing up. Do you... Where do you lie where they are? I mean, I mean, it's like it's, it's year two, right? I feel like in Vegas they have to win games, but it sounds like that they're going to take the process of trying to build this thing up. It might take two or three years. What, I mean, what, what are your thoughts from what you heard from Coach McDaniels and, and kind of the way he was approaching it? Kind of the Patriot way. Yeah. Uh, and one of his answers he had, I was standing next to Stacey Dales from the network, and, and she just elbowed me and goes, Sounds like the Patriots. And I was like, yeah, I think they're going to take that same process where they're going to value those later round picks. They're going to try and Mm -hmm. find those gems that are going to fit what they do and probably won't fit most of the other teams. Right. So that's given the timeline, they can do that slow build. But if we look back to last year, they should have had a lot more wins than they did. Right. They gave away a lot of games. games, I mean, they were a team that just completely devolved in the second half offensively. Mm -hmm. So I think number one on top of your list is figuring out quarterback short-term and long-term. And I thought it was interesting that Josh kind of talked about that in both respects, where he's like, hey, you know, we're going to try to find a guy who's going to be here for many years, but that might not be in this class. Right. We might go get a veteran. I mean, there's a guy he's got some familiarity with who was just in the Bay Area, (laughs) you know, not too long ago. Not saying he's going to raise your ceiling, but it could answer for now. he's only going to play a handful of games. (laughs) Based on his track record. Right. right. Yeah. So I think that's the number one thing, but I also don't think they're as far away as people realize right. or, or believe that they are. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of closing those games, and, and that really comes with continuity and building your team in your image, and it, it, over time that should produce. But again, none of that matters if you don't have a quarterback. That's right. the biggest thing is the right. quarterback. No, it's funny. The the games that they they lost, like blew the leads. I remember you texted me on what Christmas Eve on yeah. that Pittsburgh yeah. game. Better score some more points. Yeah. You know what happens <laughs> in the second half. And what happened in the second half? They lost in the yeah. final seconds. Yeah. Exactly. And it was painful yeah. because you'd seen that story with them so multiple times time. the Cardinals game I, I could just continue to oh. go down the list yes you know and yeah. so hopefully they correct that you know They've and maybe to. they felt that changing quarterback whoever they go with will mm-hmm. fix that I'm not on the side of that I was more of a Derek Carr guy than most right but you move on you right. know you're starting a new era so if you could solve that maybe you can work toward that and now that you made that move you got to figure it out yeah you exactly pressure's on no doubt no <laughs> doubt well I know you're here you're busy what, what do you got coming up that we should be on the lookout for uh, well we talked about free agents I got free agent fits I can't remember who I paired with the Raiders at this exact moment <laughs> uh, because I did it in the middle of tra- uh, travel issues yesterday of course um, but plenty of those yeah AFC free agency fits should be coming this sometime this week it was okay. filed yesterday nice and uh, you know your daily coverage. You there got a little McDaniels post up there right now. Go right. check that out. There it is, NFL.com. <laughs> you can check it out. My man, Nick Shook, I always appreciate you. Thanks, man. There he goes right there, Nick Shook, NFL Network, talking all things, well, combine, talking free agency, talking a whole lot. So uh, uh, good stuff right there from Nick. It's always great to catch up with him. 356 at the time. When we come back, we'll kick off hour number three of the show. And you'll hear from the GM, Dave Ziegler, myself, Vinny, Tashawn Reed, Vic Tafer, and a few others had an opportunity to sit down with the GM and had a very good conversation. You'll hear it next. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. Our coverage of the 2023 Scouting Combine in Indianapolis is brought to you by Boyd Gaming, the official locals casinos of the Las Vegas Raiders.